Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. I'm Ben DeHart. I'm joined with my friend Nick Kamiski. Nick, how's it going down there in Austin? It's going good, man. Uh, we're doing, my wife and I, we're doing well. I think we crossed some Rubicon maybe about a month ago where it went from like being very cognizant of all the ways our life is not normal because of the pandemic to this is just the new normal. So at this point, I don't even really know what I'm missing out on life before March 10th or whenever that, that day was when all this started. Uh, so I actually feel like I'm in a, I'm in a decent spot. You know, I was hanging in for about six months, but now I'm, now I'm just living. Now you're you know? thriving, living the dream. You don't know what anyone else is complaining about. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, so I'm healthy. I don't really know anyone who's ill, so it's easy for me to say that, but um, yeah, this is the time of the year too down here in Austin where like everyone in the Northeast, like where you are in the Midwest where I lived before living here is very wary of the cold weather and being forced inside. But this is the time of the year down here where everyone can be outside. You know, you visited me down in August and it was 110 degrees every day, Brutal. but now it's like 75 or 80. So it's actually the best time of the year to have a, a, a surge of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, here it's, I don't know if it's the pandemic that's getting everyone depressed or just the imminence of just awful, cold, sub, or feels like sub-zero weather. So yeah, we are in the exact opposite spot. I'm getting more calls than ever. <laughs> uh, I, I would be remiss not to mention, I know our, our listeners can't see this, but um, the Reverend Ben DeHart is wearing a black t-shirt with the words Huel written across his left nipple. Do you want to bring our listeners in on your strange dietary habits? Well, listeners, I, I was going to wait to the fifth podcast for this, but I don't really eat solid food. I just drink protein <laughs> shakes. They're, actually, they're more than protein shakes. They're meal replacements. Here's another free ad. Last time was Grove City College here. Huel, thank me. I want to be an influencer pay me <laughs> this is like turned into a really bad version of joe rogan we talk about like life hacking and not eating solid food that's crazy what about uh man you've been listening to get music or watching anything cool or what's what's been bringing you joy yeah what's been bringing my joy i think the, with the pandemic and with this kind of underlying low level depression don't worry i'm not sad folks i've just been delving into the past i've been listening to entire beatles albums all the way through all right, I just, Dad. I just moved into a, a John Lennon phase, um, which John Lennon has a lot of really bad music. I know like Imagine is everyone's favorite and Instant Karma is really good. But there are entire albums where he really needed Paul. He was, he was struggling. So what about you? You probably listen to uh, stuff that our listeners actually want to hear. Yeah, I'm definitely not listening to the Beatles. Uh, I mean, there's this, there's this cool band. I think they're based in Montreal. They're like, I don't know. They're like emo adjacent. They're called Golfer. 
they have cool time signatures and it's pretty like screamy and but poppy and fun. So I've been pretty into that. There's this guy, um, I just mentioned I lived in the Midwest before living here in Austin. There's this guy who's based, he was born and raised in Kansas City and he's lived a few other places like New York and LA, but he's moves back there now. It's a guy named Kevin Morby. And he, uh, you know, did you listen, do you listen to uh, Waxahachie? Katie Crutchfield. Uh, did you listen to that album a few months ago? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, they're like um, dating, which is a weird like indie power couple. But he just put out a new record called Sundowner, I think. It has like, you know, the, I think I'm kind of channeling a Pitchfork review and the album cover, but it has like a like expansive, sunny Midwest sky vibe. Like it's it's really cool. It's been mm-hmm. really fun. I've, I've really I've been really enjoying it. To support an indie music right there. But let's That's get me, to what we're here for. And that is to look at the upcoming collect of the day. This collect is proper 28, and it goes like this. So let's pray. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, so Rev Nick, what pops out at you in this collect? Yeah, when I when I think about putting myself in the mind of, of my, well, my own mind, and when I think about people who will be praying this collect uh, in the context of a Sunday morning worship service, probably from their living room, I think they're asking God to enable them to have a certain type of relationship with the Bible and that that relationship with the Bible would issue in like a a durable hope. So I think we could probably structure this conversation around like the Bible and how we relate to the Bible. And then also we could talk a little bit about hope and what it might look like for the Bible to give us hope and like the, the goodness that hope is. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think that like, I don't know how many verbs there are there, four or five, hear, read, mark, learn, inwardly digest. I think that's what pops out. And I think that like cacophony of, of, of phrases is uh, what this collect is known for. Um, anything in there, like really jump out to you, like your relationship to the Bible, anything you're getting out of reading it? I mean, do you, yeah, can, yeah. Let, me, let me just pause here. Huh. Ben, do you read the Bible? <laughs> I have just started again. No, I... Uh... Well, I think it might be helpful to note that this is a collect that was written during the Protestant Reformation way back in the 1500s. And uh, this is when they're like rediscovering the Bible as the, the source of authority for the church. So the Bible is just the hottest thing in the world. And here, yeah, that, uh, that prayer, we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. It reminds me of, uh, there's this, he actually just recently died, but this popular uh, spirituality writer, uh, Eugene Peterson, who wrote a book called Eat This Book. And it's all about diving into the Bible and really like kind of chewing on it, making it like become part of us. And I think he just really stole that from this collect. Um, again, read, mark, learn inwardly digest this is supposed to get into us and become a part of us and really i mean i'm like everyone else i'm so distracted when i read the bible i'm just going through it really quickly 
I, yeah, I'm a, a more Protestant leaning Episcopalian, so I should be all about the Bible. And yet I find that so often I'll just either not really pay attention when I read it or, or skip it. I don't know. What's your relationship with the Bible been lately? I'm trying to think of a clever way to say non non-existent. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, I I try and I try and read scripture. You know, whether it's like in a small group or a study or something like that. Um, and I mean, you know, when I'm preaching regularly, I read it because <laughs> you know I'm supposed to be talking about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm just speaking very frankly. I would say it's pretty hit or miss. I mean, there are seasons when it feels very alive, when like inwardly digesting is feels intuitive and almost automatic, and other seasons where I feel like it's this foreign world and the door into it is locked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, maybe that would be a good instance in like to return to this prayer, like kind of are asking for God to like unlock the door. Um, but you know, I, 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 our reflex uh, given our like time and place is to think about the Bible primarily in terms of like an individual reading and meditating upon it. But when this prayer was written and for the majority of Christians throughout history, the Bible is something that was heard in the context of like a a worship service. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the ways I was thinking about this aspect of the prayer is how, um, over the course of a life, like an entire, you know, think about decades of, of living and decades of attending church every week. And when you follow a lectionary, there are certain readings that are read over the course of a year and you begin to associate certain passages like, oh yeah, that's the passage that I hear during Easter. Or those are like those weird prophecies from Isaiah that I hear during Advent. Mm-hmm. And in that way, scripture almost like provides a way of bringing unity to your life, right? Like where, um, and you can kind of forge memories around certain passages um, from Holy scripture. And I think that is, you know, that's, that's a real, a real gift. The idea of a reference point, like the image that comes into my mind is almost like the Bible as it's read in the context of worship kind of drops into our consciousness through, yeah, through being heard and it, and it affords us a, like a unity and a coherence or like a story in which we, that we can inhabit. Um, and yeah, you know, that, that's like, that provides like, I guess like a richness or a depth to what otherwise might just be a series of unconnected scattered episodes that constitute our life. Um, does that, does that make sense? I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting kind of abstract here, but yeah, no, I, I resonate with what you said earlier about how at times when we read the scriptures, they seem like such a foreign world. That's so different than our own. And yet we have like great theologians like Karl Barth and others who just talk about how this strange world of the Bible actually is a better way of living into our own and viewing our own than the zeitgeist of the time. And he was talking about like (laughs) Nazi Germany when the zeitgeist is all about like, we're number one and we're taking over and this is God's will. And he's saying, well, we need this text to essentially give us what our true reality is. Um, And at times I really resonate with that, uh, kind of what you were saying. Where it's like, oh yeah, this is the really real thing. But other times, yeah, it really does feel kind of strange and different, difficult, and sometimes disturbing. So I think that's a good segue to the, the second part of the collect, which is we pray that by patience 
and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. What do you make of that? I, I'm thinking particularly of the patience and comfort of thy word, comfort from this word that sometimes feels so distant, foreign, uh, or at times disturbing. But yeah, what, what, do you, what do you do with the second part of that college? Well, uh, you know, comfort in the year of our Lord 2020 has like warm blanket connotations, mm -hmm. you know, like a therapist is comforting because they speak in a, a soothing voice and they set you at ease. And I don't know if that's, you know, not what Thomas Kramer meant when he penned this, these, this prayer, but I think comfort in that, in that age had much more to do with like a, a sense of like a bracing consolation. Comfort is that which strengthened you, you know, like oatmeal is comforting because it like sticks with you and it, it provides fuel for the day. And I think the Bible in, in this way provides us not just with like a kind of spiritual narcotic that like calms us down, but it like gives us a, a endurance and a strength. It's, it's, it's like fuel as it were. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that, I mean, that to me, I could not think of anything that's more like existentially relevant for not mm -hmm. just me, but like the entire planet that in the year that we've gone through. Um, I've been, I've been thinking about this word. It's in this, there's this new bright eyes record. Um, and there's a, a line in there. Uh, have you, you know, are you familiar with the idea of the verb like catastrophizing? Have you ever heard that? Or you ever, for, uh, well, like, I've, you know, you know what a catastrophe is, obviously, but catastrophizing, you know, to use it as a, I think the lyric is like catastrophizing my birthday turning 40. <laughs> and the idea is like, it's, uh, if you look at it, like if you Google it, you know, catastrophizing is, is, a, is, a, is a condition. It's like a pathological condition. It's a cognitive distortion where you, whereby you jump to the worst possible conclusion after a minor setback, right? So you're at your job and you do like you file there's a, a typo at a report you turn in and to catastrophize that situation is to assume like i'm probably going to get fired right or like in, in our context like you get an email from a parishioner that has like just a little bit of pushback and you catastrophize it like this is the first step that will inevitably end in me having to leave this job <laughs> right like and uh and i think the problem is like once you start like i don't know exactly where catastrophizing comes from psychologically but once you start to do it it becomes a habit and you start catastrophizing everything right yeah. um and uh the i Bible, think sixes you know, just do that on the regular oh, you don't bring up the enneagram six right oh. here and i didn't know there was any way other way of living i catastrophize everything <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough uh and, you know i'm not a psychologist so i'm not like you know advocating for certain forms of you know cognitive behavioral training or something like that but just the notion that the bible not only provides like a kind of different cognitive reference, but actually has this spiritual capacity to like lift up our hearts to like, uh, you know, to provide an alternative frame of reference. Um, and that is not something that the reader extracts from the text through ingenuity or a particular imagination or like uh, facility with ancient languages or access to commentaries. That is something God, the Holy, that's the whole point of this prayer. God, the Holy spirit, grants us the ability to hear them, read, mark, learn, and really digest them in such a way that we don't catastrophize, that we have hope. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great prayer for that reason. And kind of drawing what you were saying, the juxtaposition between comfort as like that you know, therapeutic 
warm blanket. And this prayer, it seems very real. It's acknowledging we're, we're, we're praying and we're holding fast to the hope of everlasting life. So something now, but also in the future. So we're, but we're also talking about being patient. Um, so that comforting word that we will be with God one day, that this life is not all there is, and that in the midst of this life, we will have life and have it abundantly. But there's also this notion of, of Lord, the, the scriptures are going to provide patience for us in the midst of this everydayness, in the midst of the pandemic going on forever and ever. So it's a little bit different than that like injection of warm feeling, discomfort. And I really like that. Um, possibly Thomas Cranmer was talking about something else when he uses the word comfort, but the comfort in the midst of this long, sometimes long life. Um, and the Bible ultimately gives us that. And I like in, in, um, in article number six of the 39 articles, which is you know the, <laughs> the doctrinal statement of the Anglican church, whether we take it seriously or not, talks about scripture and that all like scripture contains all things necessary for salvation. So in this collect and in the Anglican tradition, there is really this focus of the, the scriptures as providing us this comfort unto salvation. Um, and I think bringing that kind of lens to it, I've have found really helpful. Um, I, I have a very high view of scripture myself, but so often the, the tradition I grew up with, there was no kind of grid uh, through which to read it. And I like this, this grid. It's written for our comfort, uh, to give us patience in this time in between times. Um, and it's all, all that's there is for our salvation, which is good news. Um, mm. I don't know. You got anything with that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I would just wrap this up with like the encouragement for folks that to, to actually pray this prayer, it's very easy to wax philosophically or speak um, descriptively of the ways in which the Bible can be comforting and helpful. And then you, you know, those thoughts subside and then you open the Bible and you're like, God, this is so boring. Or like, oh, I don't even know how to interpret this. And the, if there's anything I think people should take from this prayer is that God is the one who makes scripture filled with life. God is the one who can take this book of different types of writings written over thousands of years and redacted and compiled and all that stuff. God is the, is the agent behind scriptures like power. Mm -hmm. And it's, so if the Bible is not a, something that is helpful or hopeful, then pray this prayer and watch God use different v vessels, different men and women, different podcasts, different music different movies to kind of allow the word to accompany you and um and lift up your head yeah i like that the, the bible is illuminated in our hearts and minds by god's work mm. and not our like dissecting and analyzing it so, mm. yeah blessed lord who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning Grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
about that episode of Our Trying Pod. Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.